A little background on this allusion to Moses lifting up the serpent in the desert in order to explain what the rest of this passage means in John's Gospel. This is a reference to the people who murmured against God. You'll remember the Exodus journey was just a journey of constant murmuring against the Lord of the people who had seen all the great miracles of God, the ten plagues, the separation of the Red Sea, the Egyptians being drowned in the Red Sea, their enemies passing away through the miracle of God. They saw the Ten Commandments, the fire and the smoke descending upon Mount Sinai. Those same people grumbled against the Lord despite everything that they had seen. They complained. They said, were there not enough graves in Egypt that you have taken us out to this desert? They start remembering their leeks and onions and all the treats that they had in Egypt, and they had this longing to go back. They murmured against the Lord, and one of the reactions, one of the things that they had to deal with because they murmured against God was God sent these seraph serpents. They were called seraph or fiery serpents because the bite was so painful. It was like fire, and many of them died. Then the people complained against God for having sent the serpents, which of course was an answer to their original mumbling and grumbling, not being in Egypt anymore. But then God listens to their prayer, and he has Moses do this. He has Moses take bronze and fashion a bronze serpent in an appearance of the serpents that were biting the people. And that anyone who gazed upon that bronze serpent after having been bitten, they would live. That's the analogy. That's the background being used in our gospel today. This story of the people murmuring, serpents being sent, biting the people, the people praying to God, and then God sending uh, Moses to make this bronze serpent so that anyone who looked upon it would live. It's no coincidence that we use these readings at the exaltation of the cross, September 14th. When we look upon the cross, we see the analogy. We, as the human race, grumble and murmur against God despite committing our sins But he listens. Rather than let us be bit and die in our sins, he sends God the Son in the likeness of the very same human flesh we have, in the very same flesh that commits sin. He sends his own Son in the same likeness of that flesh. He was one who is subject to mortality, even though he need not die. He's God. He had no sin. He need not die. And yet he appears in the same form as us who have this fallen human nature. And yet all of us who gaze upon the cross with faith are saved. That's the analogy. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So the analogy is 
God listens to the prayers of those who are suffering, and he sends his son to be gazed upon, that whoever gazes upon this sign, this cross, may live. And the last thing I wanted to mention today, these passages in John can be confusing because St. John's Gospel, he has a lot of dialogues. And it's very important to get right what St. John is actually trying to communicate. We know that Jesus will judge the world at the end of time, and yet we hear God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So what is St. John trying to say? Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned. What this means for us is that Jesus was not sent the first time to judge, but rather to die on a cross. The judgment is our response to this sign. How we will be judged, condemned or forgiven, is based upon our response, belief or lack thereof, of this being the Son of God. That's the simple response. If we believe, then we are saved. And if we do not believe, then we will be condemned. We give God great thanks for sending his Son to free us from our sins. And as we've made the turn, we focus now the second half of Lent. first half is over. As we focus on the second half of Lent, we long and yearn for the cross, this great sign of contradiction. But as we approach Good Friday, we look once again to the sign of the cross that all of us who gaze upon it may be saved.